all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? <laughs> Sometimes I catch you off guard. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, our Discord, and join us this Saturday. By the time this episode comes mm-hmm. out, uh, April twenty fourth at five p.m. Eastern Standard Time <coughs> for our. Let me see if I can remember the full title. I gave it. All bad things presents. We'll do it live. <laughs> 200th episode live recording stravaganza. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, so it is on, uh, like Donkey Kong, as nobody says. Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> um, uh, if you would like to join us, it is going to be by Zoom. Uh, so there is a link for it. It will not be shared publicly just to avoid any spammers or whatnot. Um, so if you do want to join, uh, we'll be putting out a, by now it should have been out for a while by the time you're, you guys are hearing this, um, a form that you can submit your information. We're going to need your email address and your name because we're going to be matching up names with as they appear in Zoom. Just to make sure everybody is in who's... Basically, you get to be on the list. Yes. <laughs> and um, my sister and several-time guest star, uh, Sarah, will be the bouncer. Guest, guest host. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Will be the bouncer. So <laughs> she'll be checking the list and making sure you're on it. So you'll want to give us your, your real name that's going to show up on Zoom, your email address, um, or you can just email us directly because we'll be sharing the the form link um by social media so if you're not into any of those just email us and we will get it to you just be sure to give us your uh your full name as well as it will appear in zoom and it should be pretty fun yes we're looking forward so. to it yes um we're gonna do the episode itself we're gonna kind of give everybody a chance to settle in and then uh video will be optional in terms of you can share your your screen and so we can look at your beautiful faces on the mm-hmm. <laughs> like an audience uh on the gallery view uh or not you certainly don't have to um you will be muted during recording <laughs> but then afterwards we'll do like a little hey how are you and we will we're willing to talk to everybody who who, wants who attends yes. yeah who wants to stick around for a chit chat um, we're gonna keep track of kind of the, <laughs> I may be planning for w- way more people than they're actually going to be, but if there's a decent number of people, we'll, um, kind of keep track of who got into the chat first, uh, who, who arrived first so that we'll kind of keep that order. So, um, people are kind of attending proportionately time-wise, mm-hmm. so... Um, and get to talk to you and say hi and see you if you like. Um, you don't. You certainly don't have to participate in any of that if you mm. don't want to. But um, we've got the script. Yes, I'm pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fun. 
Yes, we're both very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll as, be a new... As we both just took sips of beer at I the same know. time. I <laughs> know. They're usually better at timing that. <laughs> um, the episode itself, uh, if you're not able to join or just not interested, the episode, the recording of the episode itself, itself the audio, will just be going up on uh, on the normal schedule. Mm-hmm. It'll That will be our 200th episode that drops. So, um, so everyone will just get to hear it in the regular stream. Not the chit-chat. That'll be just... Um, with whoever is there um in the future we may consider doing like a youtube stream a facebook stream something like that because i know zoom's not accessible to everybody right um it was just what we decided to go with this time due to our own technological abilities and accessibility um and also so that we get to interact with everybody who wants to um, by a video chat. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes, we're looking forward to it. Yes. What you drinking tonight? I am having a very fine national local beer. Mm-hmm. The finest of the fine. The Miller Lite. That's the one. Miller Lite. <laughs> I am drinking what your sister brought. What is this? Florida Cracker. Florida Cracker. Um... Though it's named for the 18th century cracker cowboys of the Florida prairie, the citrusy notes and effervescent body of this Belgian-style white ale make it perfect for any lovers of fresh air and outdoor adventures. And this is by Cigar City out of Tampa. Mm-hmm. They're Tampa. I've had a couple of their beers. I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how we South Floridians look upon the rest of the state, but <laughs> that's because we're snobs. <laughs> We're the ones um, languishing in COVID at the moment. There you so. go. <laughs> That'll make up for it. <sighs> uh, you got your first jab? I did. Yeah, you were expecting it to be your only I one. I was expecting it to be the, the Johnson & Johnson, but apparently there was a little issue at the... Uh... Yeah, some version <laughs> of this that made the yeah. national news. Yeah. <laughs> for your exact site on the exact day Right when went. I was there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you ended up with the Pfizer, so you'll get I a did. second shot. I have will. you heard back from the I have not. Making the second appointment, okay. I one of our listeners, and I apologize for not remembering, who said in um the Facebook group, I believe they live in the UK, that they got their first shot and their second scheduled for August. Because That's a ways the away. because the um I guess the the in the face of shortages, the rationale, which makes sense, is a half-vaccinated person is better than non-vaccinated. Sure. And there is some evidence to suggest there's at least some efficacy after just one shot for the two-shot vaccines. So, um, but until then, and until I saw this um, Bloomberg news video thing, I didn't realize how comparatively fast the U.S. is rolling out mm-hmm. the um, the vaccines. Yeah. Like, we're outpacing a lot of countries and a lot of, um, and unfortunately, like, this this story also said, um, rich countries are disproportionately <laughs> efficient in the rollout. Who'd have guessed? Huh. Um, <laughs> you know that 4,000 people a day on average are still dying in Brazil of COVID every day? Yeah, I did hear That's that Brazil horrific. is still a mess. Yeah. That is absolutely horrific. India's not doing well. Yeah, it's just, that's not guys, surprising. we are not done with this. Nope. We are not done with this by a long and shot. It's not done with us. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It, we're, we're gaining on three million deaths globally. That's... That's a lot. Mm. 
that'll be our like 2000th episode. We're going to need a lot of space before we cover that COVID. It's many episodes away. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's 40 years away, that episode. Right. Our 2000th episode. <laughs> Literally, it's 40 it is, years. You're right. <laughs> if we're still on in 40 years, I, maybe we'll be just doing it through, uh, I don't know, osmosis or something. People can hear us. Brainwaves yeah. and <laughs> futuristic and all that. Um, as we are approaching our 200th episode and almost our four year anniversary, what is your over under on how long we'll go? I don't. I don't even have one. I know it's, it's so like, weird, isn't it? It's same. Just like it'll just keep going if it keeps going, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. I guess it'll be really weird if and when we stop. Mm-hmm. Like really weird. Yeah. It's just such a. We've been doing this our whole marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't need to think about stopping because no. we're, we're not even thinking about it. Uh, can't stop, won't stop, That's or right. uh, don't stop, never stopping, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> don't stop, never stopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never stop, don't, no, that doesn't make sense. All right. Well, we are back to the listener scripts, Natch. Not only that, but we have a unique situation this week. Okay. In that, we have... Shit, I forgot to write it down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the name of the disaster? Yes, the name of the disaster is... Shit, I forgot to write it down. Hold on. Well, because... Okay, so here's the thing. Um, this was suggested by a couple of people, and a pronunciation guide was provided by one listener. Oh, okay. So yeah, I want to make nice. sure to shout out everybody involved. But two listeners submitted scripts for this. Okay. So... I merged them. Okay. So we are getting um, a dual script here. Let's see. Okay. Justin uh, is one of the people who suggested this. Also, Rook, who is the one who provided the pronunciation guide. And then we'll talk more about our uh, two researchers in a moment. So this is the story. Of the Tianjin explosions. Oh, okay. Okay. So (laughs) this is not one of the air disaster scripts. No. Uh, So on August 12th, 2015, around 11.30 p.m. local time, a series of explosions occurred at a container storage location in Tianjin, China, killing 173 people and injuring 798 more. Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I put it all... Pfft, I didn't have to look it up. I put it all in my little notes here. Oh, there you go. Oh, well. So Justin Rick suggested. Rick gave me a link. Put it out. All right. James and Hayden are our researchers. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I kind of pulled it together as one script. Uh, the great thing is that they each had a lot of different information. So it may, like yeah. the two scripts made, made a good one script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also... Um, like color coded them so that like I can tell the difference if we need to give anybody credit. So okay. like the blue and the red are very nice. Each of them, yeah. I like it. Thank you. All right. Um. So James is a long time listener. He's local too. He's. A... I had a feeling that's who mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. So here, here is. Uh. So I'm I'm reading both of their intros to okay. their research. This is James. I think I covered everything here, but you should pre-read and see if it's missing anything or overly offensive. Side note, 
couple things were a little borderline that I took out. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for trusting me with that, James. <laughs> not, I wouldn't call it offensive. I would just call it, let's not get into that. Okay. That's all. All right. Uh, good luck pronouncing <laughs> some of these chemicals and names. Holy cow. If anyone submits a one-star review as a result of this script, they're free to fist fight me in the fucking street. That's the spirit, James. <laughs> there we go. Well done. Well said. All right. Now, here is Hayden's intro. Oh, uh, that's also, that's James. Oh, shit, James. I don't want to get your, I don't want to get your last name wrong. He said, uh, yes, we can say his full name. I believe it's Macintosh. That's what I was thinking, too. Right, yeah. right. James. <laughs> this is just such riveting <laughs> it content. Is. It is it is Macintosh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So James Macintosh. And then Hayden is Hayden Carpenter. Okay. So my name is Hayden Carpenter. I'm just a left-leaning pipe welder living in radical Republican Alabama. <laughs> that must be fun. <laughs> I absolutely love researching and learning about disasters, but don't always have the time to do so. My wife started looking for podcasts for me to listen to while I'm at work, and when we found all bad things, I knew it was the one. Even though I would probably be stoned if anyone heard the banter transpiring in my ears. <laughs> uh, this story is particularly interesting to me because when it happened, I was in Marine Corps basic training, later removed for voluntary reasons, so please don't thank me for my service, and had no access to any news, store, news source. I did not find out about this disaster until almost five years later in April of 2020. Um, now, just to be clear that... I, I forget when Hayden sent in his, but I know James sent his in a, a year ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> in in okay. April of 2020 when uh, when Hayden first learned about this. So they were on like a similar wavelength. <laughs> See, we got to it eventually, We James. did. We did. It took a while. I understand. Took it took a while. Only took a, an entire pandemic. That it did, didn't it? <laughs> Which is still not over. No. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Geography and History Corners, starting yes. courtesy of James. So Tianjin is a port city on the east coast of northern mainland China, about 115 kilometers or 70 miles southeast of the capital city of Beijing. Okay. It's on the west coast of the Bohai Gulf and surrounded on all sides by the he Hebei province, which Beijing and Tianjin, Tianjin are carved out of. It has a total land area of 11,860 square kilometers, or about 4,500 square miles, and is situated at the north end of the Grand Canal, which joins the Yellow and Yangtze Rivers, both of which I've heard of. Mm -hmm. It's one of nine national, centri na national central cities, along with Be Oh, here we go. Ready for my Chinese pronunciation? Yes. Beijing, Ch Shanghai. <laughs> I almost mispronounced Shanghai. Shanghai. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay, you found the, the map of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is close to Beijing. Yes. So Beijing, Shanghai, Chongqing, Chengdu, Guangzhou, Wuhan, Zhengzhou, and Xi'an. Wuhan has gotten a bad rap lately. Look what it's also close to, Tangshan, where mm -hmm. we had an earthquake episode. Oh, that's right. That was the earthquake, yeah. One of our first episodes. Yeah, man. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, which are designated by the Chinese government as leaders in urban reformation, quote, leading, developing, and performing tasks in politics, economics, and culture, end quote. The municipal population of Tianjin was, any guesses? I'm going to guess that the city that close to the cap, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with like 3 million. 
15.57 million. Oh my god. Why why am <laughs> I always tonight. why am I always so bad? No, it's you're just, not it's always just so that, bad. Sometimes it's just that really China has so many fucking people. Over a billion. It's like three million people would be considered like, oh yeah, that's like a small like a little metropolis. town. It's like, yeah. Yeah. No It's like e- that's where all the hicks live. <laughs> right. <laughs> that city of three million people. Um and that was as of 2017, meaning it's approximately double the population of New York City. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's not even close to the biggest no. city in China. Uh, Shanghai, Beijing, and Guangzhou are all larger. Shanghai is around 21.7. That's insane. That's massive. I would... Um, I, it would be really cool to visit China. It would be. Yeah. Be... It's fucking... It's... Well, it's huge. It'd be and, hard to narrow down where to and go. And from a human perspective, it is literally like the oldest dynasty that's still around. I mean, they go back. Right. Chinese well, culture mm-hmm. goes back thousands of years. Right. And, and they're still around. Well, especially um, being in North America. Well, I should say specifically the United States. We're not used to... We don't have a thousand year legacy. No, not as... We barely have a quarter of that. Not as colonialist settlers, that's <laughs> no. for sure. Indigenous people go way back, mm-hmm. but our our ancestry does not, so yeah. The history of... Oh, well, here we go. The history of the city, so this is um, uh, Tianjin, dates back to its foundation in 1404, and its gradual development can be explained by its geographic location. At the mouth so of the Yellow was, River. It was found 92 years before Columbus sailed for the Americas. 88. Hmm. 1404? 1492. Oh, 88. I was thinking 1490. <laughs> Whatever. That's okay. Long time before. <laughs> Long time before. Christopher parents hadn't even met. <laughs> Do you know that still I think of the little Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492? <laughs> that little rhyme. I'm sure I knew it back in the day, but I've completely <laughs> forgotten about it. I can sing you the 50 nifty United States, too. I know them all in alphabetical order. I cannot do that. And the books of the Bible. Mostly just the New Testament. I, but, I get lost after Joshua judges Ruth in well, uh, I mean, to be the fair, Old Testament. So does everybody. I know, right? It's just common. I certainly do. <laughs> Joshua judges Ruth. Uh, well, Esther, Nehemiah judge. No, no. Nahum, okay. Job. Okay. I'm, I'm with the story. Uh, at the mouth of the Yellow River, where it flows into the Bohai Sound, it was a convenient port city with direct access to the larger city of Beijing. Tianjin became a treaty port during the Second Opium War in 1858, became open to Great Britain and... Not the first, the second one. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, became open to Great Britain and France, followed by Japan, mm. Germany, and Russia, expanding commerce to the bustling port city. It was established as a municipality in China in 1927, owing to the rapid economic expansion. The Sino-Japanese War in... In in, in other words, the Industrial Revolution is underway. Well, That's why all Mm -hmm. of these countries have Mm -hmm. their hands in China all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. The Sino-Japanese War in 1937 saw Tianjin fall under possession of Japan, which it stayed under until the end of World War II in 1945. The Communist Party of Russia took possession of the city in 1949 during the Chinese Civil War and development. Wow, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never would have guessed that. That the Communist Party took possession of Tianjin? No, the Russia 
Isn't that what you just said? Did what? I say the Communist Party of Russia? You did. It literally says China, and I said Russia. <laughs> I was like, that's why I was so I confused. I said a completely different... <laughs> no, okay. I was like... I'm going to repeat that correctly, because <laughs> I guess I guess my mind fills in the blank. The Communist, Communist Party Russia. of Russia. Yeah, the Soviets. <laughs> you can't tell I'm American. No, not you? at all. <laughs> I was, I was, I was just gonna be like, wait, wait a second. Well, Russia let's, let's to- back up. Let's, <laughs> Russia took over a part of the city. Like, no, no, not at all. That, did that happen? The Communist Party of China or China or China took possession of the city in 1949 during the Chinese Civil War, and development of the city was accelerated during the quote Great Leap Forward in 1958. <laughs> Communist Party of reading China, saying Russia. Anyway. Continual growth and development of the city was interspersed with disaster. The Tangshan earthquake that oh, we yeah. covered, a uh, magnitude 7.6. We covered it in episode 14. I oh looked it up. God. I know. 14. This is episode 198. 198. 198. So it was 184 episodes ago. Weeks ago. <gasps> as well. That's true. <laughs> That's bonkers. That's just wild. Uh, shook the city, killed 24,000 people, injured 21,000 more, along with destroying more than 60% of the city's buildings. Continual development of the city has been ongoing since. Uh, the disaster occurred, this disaster, uh, occurred in the Binhai Nu area of Tianjin, a sub-provincial district each, east of the main municipal area of Tianjin. The new area concept follows su- success in Shenzhen and Pudong to focus development on industrial areas with the purpose of turning Binhai into, quote, a center of world trade and finance, end quote. So it was a densely packed industrial and commercial area, home to a seaport with the world's fifth highest throughput, all built up the world's fifth highest throughput. That's pretty major. All built up in an incredibly short period of time, with the financing and force of the Chinese government since the 1990s. The more specific location where the disaster occurred was a 46,000 square meter or 500,000 square foot storage facility in Binhai, owned by Tianjin Dongjai Port Rihai International Logistics, or Rihai Logistics. I said all of that with great aplomb, did I not? Yes, you did. <laughs> all right. Aplomb. Uh, aplomb. Uh, this next bit... <coughs> um, is uh, mostly uh, Hayden. Okay. Rehi Logistics was established in 2011 and is a privately held logistics company. It is located on the port of Tianjin and stored hazardous chemicals that were flammable, corrosive, oxidizing, and otherwise hazardous. The aforementioned storage facility contained many warehouses, a fire pump, and a fire pond, which is an area of water to be used in the case of a fire. I guess like... An open hydrant, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of in a, in a way of speaking. Uh, Rehi, I spelt it like six different ways as <laughs> well. Sorry, I just got, I think my cut and paste. It's a matter got, of choosing which one. Yeah, my pick, cut and pick paste the one got in the weird. <laughs> Rehi Logistics had 70 employees that were designated by the Tianjin Maritime Safety Administration or the TMSA. The TMSA is a government agency that deals with the safety of shipping matters in China, which was an approved agency for handling the hazardous materials at the port. Can you imagine being the authority responsible for shipping in China? No. No, that that would uh that would be quite a task. That I would think that 
exports are like the biggest business in China, no? Uh, well, I guess export doesn't really count as an industry, but that makes a huge part of the economy mm-hmm. is exports. Wow. Transportation is a huge. Mm-hmm. Like they, China, China has the fastest high-speed rail, I believe, and really? the longest. I think so. Like the bullet trains they have over there, they go, huh. like, they go like 200 miles an hour. Oh my goodness. I wonder what that feels like. I well, know, I guess it looks awesome. You fly at like 700 miles per hour, mm-hmm. so can't be that. It's just on the ground. Mm-hmm. See the, but it's see like things whipping by at two hundred yeah. miles. Oh, per you, can, hour. you can watch them on uh, YouTube all the time. They have the cameras, like the train. Okay. Cameras. It scares it's me. It's pretty all cool. That. No, but it's just like it's like what if we could go from here to L.A. in like five hours? Just hop on a train. That's not how long it would take if it was no, two hundred miles take, per hour. It would take less than that, but uh, or no, no it would more take than more that. that. <laughs> but still, it's like three thousand miles away. It would take like fifteen hours, but still, that's yeah. way more than driving, mm-hmm. or way less than driving. Yeah. Way more than flying. Way more than flying, correct. But I think mm-hmm. it'd be worth the trip. It'd be really amazing to travel across, across the, country the country in yeah. like 15 hours. Yeah. Wow. Be able to like sit and enjoy it, not like right. strapped into a, a plane. Right. And you can only see... Sky. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Maybe we should get one of those in those new, in that new infrastructure plan. Oh, boy. Uh, high-speed rail. <laughs> what not, new not infrastructure gonna, plan? <laughs> Rehi Logistics had been operating in Binhai New Area since October 2014. A government document from that same year shows that the facility was being used to store calcium carbide, sodium nitrate, and potassium nitrate, all of which are hazardous materials. Due to the nature of the chemicals being stored, they were supposed to be a kilometer, or um, a little over a half a mile away, from other buildings, but this regulation was not followed in this case, and local citizens were not aware of the dangers very close by. Uh, Further, even though the company had been operating in the area since October 2014, it had only received the necessary license to handle hazardous materials in June of 2015. Yeah, and I wonder why they want these hazardous materials at least a half a kilometer away from anybody. Mm -hmm. In case they do what? I don't know get up and walk away and go break into somebody's house. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, again, like we have another example of, okay, you, you have uh, public safety standards for a reason to mitigate, Indeed. to mitigate potential disaster. But if they're not followed and not enforced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On August. Okay. So now we're getting into the explosions themselves. Uh, this is going to be a pretty, pretty much an even split, I think, between, uh, James and Hayden, uh, kind of beginning and end a little bit more by Hayden, middle by James. I don't know if they care that I'm, like, parsing out who gets credited with what. They don't, both did a great job, so. On August 12th of 2015, at approximately 10.50 p.m. local time, Calls of a fire at a warehouse on the port of Tianjin began coming in. The first responders that arrived were unable to keep the fire contained and were not informed of the hazardous materials stored on site. Since the firefighters did not know of the hazardous materials, they proceeded to stop to tr- try to stop the fire with water, mm. causing serious chemical reactions. Water being sprayed on calcium carbide caused a chemical reaction, creating the extremely volatile and highly flammable gas acetylene. 
paperwork later found showed that 882 U.S. tons or 800 metric tons of ammonium nitrate were on the site, usually used in making fertilizer, but it had been involved in many other industrial explosions, acting as an oxidizer. At approximately 11.30 p.m., the ammonium nitrate triggered the first explosion. Mm. It registered, the explosion, mind you, registered as 2.3 magnitude earthquake on seismic scales, creating shockwaves with the equivalent of 3.2 U.S. tons or 2.9 metric tons of TNT. Jesus. Dynamite. Yep. 30 seconds later, a much larger explosion occurred, registering as a 2.9 magnitude earthquake, creating shockwaves with the equivalent of 24 U.S. tons or 22 metric tons of TNT. Fireballs from the second explosion reached hundreds of miles or kilometers into the sky. Just shot up. That's fucking nuts. Uh, This can readily be, James said this, this can be readily seen in multiple YouTube videos. So we can look this up, which I highly recommend that you view because it looks like the end of the world is occurring. It's so cataclysmic you expect the bad guys from doom to start crawling out of the ground right after. Nice reference. Right? One eyewitness in a 12th floor apartment estimated the fireballs reached at least 30 stories high. Jesus Christ. This second... how fucking high that is? That's... I mean, that's... 300 feet. I mean, that's... Yeah. At least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just somebody eyeballing it. Yeah. So that thing is just towering over fucking... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I said earlier hundreds of miles or kilometers. I think it was meters or... Oh. I, I think I got my measurements wrong. At any rate, blame it on Russia. <laughs> that's what that's the what the Communist Party of Russia. That's what would have happened if this were in Russia. <laughs> the second explosion was so large it was photographed by a Japanese geostationary meteorological satellite. Okay. The initial cause of the explosions cannot be determined for sure because the evidence was evaporated. <laughs> yeah, it was literally blown away. Yep, in a fireball the size of the Statue of Liberty. But an investigation in February 2016 pinpointed the cause as the spontaneous ignition of dry nitrocellulose stored nearby. Wetting agents inside the nitrocellulose had evaporated due to the humid August climate. When the nitrocellulose caught fire, the fire spread to the ammonium nitrate fertilizer stored nearby causing the explosion. So it was two separate things that kind of, like there was a highly... uh, flammable material mm-hmm. and then another material that caught fire mm-hmm. and then spread it to that ammonium nitrate has been responsible for a number of notable explosions in, uh, including many that we need to add to our uh, some are on our list but including the BASF Opal explosion in Germany in 1921 the Nixon nitration works explosion in New Jersey in 1924 the deadliest industrial accident in the U.S. to this day, and this is one we have many uh, requests for, the infamous Texas City disaster of 1947. We'll get we'll get into that one day. Didn't we do that? No, we did the uh, Gal- Galveston, was it? No, we did another one. There was another Texas refinery explosion, but it was oh later. God. Okay. I looked again, it up. Again, mm-hmm. something we could have a dedicated podcast to, Texas refi- refinery explosions right? and not cover them all. <laughs> Episode 200. Yeah. Yes, right. The Roseburg blast in Oregon in 1959, 
the Ryangchang train disaster of 2004, and the West Fertilizer Company explosion in Texas. Texas has seen a lot of yeah, excellent track records all around. <laughs> Contributing to the disaster was poor safety procedures and labeling no. of hazardous materials. No, <laughs> no how no could way. that be? No. <laughs> no. No. Um, sorry, I was... Oh, yeah. Actually, this would be a good time to show Holy some shit. of those pictures. Yes. Yeah. It looks mm-hmm. like a fucking volcano is going off. That's it does. Kinda, yeah, that's what it mm-hmm. kind of looks like. It does. Well, here's uh, here's a couple more. Jesus. See the crater? Yeah. Well, we'll get to the crater in a minute. It also kind of it also kind of looks a little bit like a... Wow. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it also looks a little bit like the world of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn in that photo. A little a little, bit. It looks with, a little post-apocalyptic, the... yes. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Officials weren't aware of what was being stored in the facilities because the managers provided what they called, quote, insufficient information, end quote. This led the firefighters that were dispatched to the original fire to spray water on the conflagration, as we said, not knowing there was calcium carbide stored there, which produces acetylene when mixed with water. Acetylene, one of the primary gas components used when welding, is extremely flammable and unstable, being prone to explosion when subjected to sudden pressure or temperature changes. Acetylene would then provide the fuel source for the oxidizer ammonium nitrate, triggering the explosive reaction. That's a lot of chemistry to say that had Rehi Logistics properly labeled the materials they stored, properly trained firefighters wouldn't have sprayed water on the fire, which caused caused it, or at very least, helped to cause and accelerated the massive explosion that followed. The explosion caused persistent fires that burned four days. Uh, not not the number four. No, I know. Four, four days. days. Yeah. On August 15th, 2015, three days after the first explosions, three days after the first explosions, eight smaller explosions occurred due to the fire continuing to spread. The total energy released by the series of blasts was equivalent to 28 tons of TNT. Jesus. I have no uh, really good, like, measure of tons of TNT, but it it's just, just it's, it's just bad. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, imagine just what one stick of dynamite is capable of, and now you have 28 tons of uh, TNT. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. That ain't good. In the end... Uh, 165 people were killed, but another eight were missing and presumed dead. So that equaled the total death toll of 173 people. 798 non-fatal injuries were reported, though social media rumors claim that the numbers were higher. And and they could be. Mm -hmm. Especially of injuries. There's no great way to, like... It would just be people who sought treatment and self-reported, right? So it's possible more people were injured, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Of uh, those killed, 95 were firefighters. Jesus. Yeah. That's more than half Mm. were firefighters, most likely killed during the first explosion, and 11 were police officers. Mm. So first responders made up a bulk, a Mm -hmm. decent chunk of the deaths. It's horrible. This was the worst incident for Chinese first responders since the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949 until... The COVID-19 outbreak. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
The series of explosions ended up damaging a shocking amount of property as well, including the buildings of seven other logistics companies in the surrounding area. The blasts left a massive crater, as we saw, at the site, and were strong enough to catapult stacks of intermodal shipping containers. So literally, shipping mm-hmm. containers are flying around. I'm sure that didn't help the injuries and no. uh, death count either. 304 buildings, 12,428 cars, and 7,533 intermodal containers were damaged or destroyed. Um, now, James did put in here, uh, because he's a car guy, uh, he yes. said that of the cars, it included approximately 8,000 new cars in port, because sure. it was a port city, mm-hmm. from Renault, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Kia, and Toyota. Mm. Uh, so the estimated cost and disruption to the supply chain was approximately $9 billion. And that doesn't include insurance claim for damaged property. Oh, That's I just to the supply sure. chain. Yeah. It's because it was in such a key Nuts. shipping area. The area of the explosion was very densely populated with approximately 5,600 families, not people, families, living within a mile or 1.5 kilometers from the port. The closest family lived only 600 meters, or about 2,000 feet, from the site. Hmm. Apartment blocks two kilometers, or about 1.2 miles away, had shattered glass, lost roof tiles, and had damage to the ceilings. The blast affected approximately 17,000 housing units around the site and left 3,500 people in temporary shelter, which grew to more than 6,000 as the government issued a three-kilometer evacuation radius order around the site due to health concerns. Because it's not like nuclear fallout, but it's chemical fallout. Sure, which is, I mean... Very dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. Mm-mm. So, Chinese authorities brought in a team of 200-plus nuclear and chemical experts on August 13th to assess the situation, setting up 12 monitoring stations to observe pollutants. They knew right away that this was going to be an environmental issue. The immediate challenge after the main blast was the imminent danger posed by the continuing fires. Fires at the site continued to burn for days after the blast, which caused those additional explosions, as well as released clouds of toxic smoke. Compounding the issue was the uncertainty of what chemicals were stored on-premises, as Rehype provided insufficient information about what was being stored there to authorities. So they they weren't even 100% sure what they were dealing with, Mm. what kind of chemical fallout they were looking at. It's estimated that over 772 U.S. tons or 700 metric tons of sodium cyanide was stored at the facility, which is over 70 times the legal limit allowed in this place at this time. Tests showed that sodium cyanide was found in the sewer system. Oh, Jesus. (coughs) Sodium cyanide is an inhibitor of respiration, and receiving an oral dosage between 200 and 300 milligrams can be fatal. Jesus. And it's in the air. Which is such a tiny amount. Yeah, I would think so, right? I'm trying to think of... I don't know. I don't know that I have a <laughs> a great grasp of milligrams. I'll well, it's, sounds it's like a, medicine. It's a thousandth of a gram. Like mil is a thousand. How much is a gram? Well, in this case, it's just a gram. But a milligram is a thousandth of an actual gram. I know. I'm trying, still trying to figure out how I much. I don't know. How to <laughs> it. A kilogram. How much is a? How many pounds is a kilogram? See that a kilogram is a thousand grams. 
But how many pounds? <laughs> I oh two oh town uh well one kilogram two, is two point two pounds. Okay. So it'd be so two thousand. So it'd be twenty two hundred pounds is one. Yeah. Oh anyway, damn! Our whatever. imperial measurement yes. system. God, anyway. it's so hard to translate. Okay. On August 13th, sulfur dioxide, carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide, and nitrogen oxides were all found within 500 meters or 1,600 feet of the blast site. Allegedly, all of these toxic chemicals were within the levels of the national limit of exposure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Allegedly. On August 14th, the Chinese government stated that these gases were undetectable two kilometers or 1.2 miles from the blast site. On August 18th, it rained for the first time in the area since the explosion. White foam covered the streets. And citizens who came in contact with rain droplets reported burning sensations and rashes on sensitive parts of the skin. Like literal acid rain, right? It's in the atmosphere, Uh yeah. uh Meteorologists tried to reassure citizens that the rain was not directly harmful to health, yeah. but the Environmental Protection Board advised against contact with rain because of traces of cyanide dust reacting with water. <laughs> on August 25th, it rained in Tianjin, and again, a white film appeared on the streets, followed by complaints of burning sensations and rashes from citizens. Hearing of this, the director of Tianjin's Environmental Monitoring Center hold on I think it's still it's still recording alright Tianjin's environmental monitoring center Deng Xiaowen stated that the foam was quote a normal phenomenon when rain falls <laughs> yeah, and just... similar things have occurred <laughs> yeah. before it's always quote. happened this way <laughs> I think I, I think I cut it out but uh, so Haynes must have sent this in prior to like last November because, because they said um uh, it kind of sounds like our current president, huh? <laughs> it is a very Trump thing to say. Oh, yeah. This is normal. Oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Going out in the rain and having it like melt off your having face, a, that's having normal. Having a burning sensation when you're... Rain always causes yeah. a burning sensation. That's normal. Always will. <laughs> Traces of sodium cyanide were detected in local sewers and thousands of dead fish. I said dead fished, but it's dead fish. Washed up on shore six kilometers or 3.75 miles away that's, from the site on August 20th. But that's normal. It's normal for mass deaths of fishes to just wash up on shore. You know, no, nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> Shockingly, the Chinese government engaged in censorship. No. Banning news outlets from reporting on the incident on social media sites popular in China, like Weibo, similar to Twitter, and WeChat. Censoring ran rampant on networks, with posts containing the word Tianjin and explosion being automatically taken down. Hmm. An article in Kaijing, which interviewed a local firefighter who said they hadn't been informed of the dangerous chemicals that would interact exothermically with water, was shared more than 10,000 times before it was deleted. The Cyberspace Administration of China, there's a Cyberspace Administration of China, yes, banned journalists from posting about the incident on social media. A CNN correspondent was interrupted during a live broadcast in front of a hospital, and there were reports of police chasing down local reporters and forcing them to delete photos taken of the disaster. Yeah, it's all normal. Yeah. 
Again, everything is normal. It's it's there's nothing to see here. Yeah. Move along, move along. The official investigation eventually concluded the cause of the initial fire was, as we said, auto-ignition of nitrocellulose because of drying of a wetting agent in hot weather. It also revealed Rehi had been operating, as we learned, from October 2014 to June 2015 illegally. There are many discrepancies on who actually owned the company, but it was known that it was owned and operated by high-up government officials and their family many of whom were a part of the Public Security Bureau of Tianjin and the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection, the CCDI, which is supposed to be an anti-corruption body. (laughs) The vice president of the company, Dong Shizhuan, was, I hope that was right, was arrested a week after the explosion and was the son of Tianjin's, Tianjin's port's former chief of police. Dong's father, Dong Peijun, was also a colleague of Wu Changshun, the former head of Tianjin's Public Security Bureau, and both Wu and Dong Peijun were, un- Peijun, sorry, were under investigation for bribery and corruption. So it sounds like the CCDI was just doing their, their anti-corruption job just fine. No, no problem. Whew. The CCDI eventually rolled up 49 people with arrests, including Yang Donglang, who was at the time the country's highest work safety official. It's like the head of OSHA. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Being arrested. Prior to that, Yang had been Tianjin's deputy mayor. And in 2012, he had signed an order that loosened restrictions on handle uh, handling uh, hazardous materials, which is what allowed Rehi to have sodium cyanide in their facility in the first place, even though it was much more than they were allowed. The 49 people arrested and jailed include 25 government officials and 24 staff members at Rehi that were directly responsible for the tragedy. It's interesting and very telling that there were more government officials arrested (laughs) by a very small margin than employees of the company that caused it. The most significant was the arrest of Yu Zhui, the chairman of Rehi and majority shareholder who was sentenced to, now this is really interesting, quote, death with a two-year reprieve, end quote. So that is a two-year suspended death Death sentence. sentence. Yes. So it means if they commit additional crimes within two years, you're dead. Like, literally, you will die. If they don't, it rolls over into life in prison. If they are well-behaved in those two years, it'll turn into, like, a shorter term. Isn't that... Yeah, isn't that weird? Those are your three options. Yeah. Just, I guess, just don't commit a crime in those two years or you're fucking dead. Uh, Zhue was given such a harsh judgment after evidence was found that he'd, quote, bribed port administration Mm. officials with cash and goods to obtain a certificate to handle hazardous chemicals at the port. End quote. Mm. So he basically just paid people off so he could break the law. Uh, which is also not a surprise considering the insular nature of Rehi, as well as the fact that Jouet was a former executive at Sinochem, a state-owned chemical company. Uh, we'd like to think that Chinese industry and government learned their lesson from this explosion. Oh, why should they be any different than right. the good old U.S. of A.? Uh, but this disaster was bookended by the Kunshan explosion a year before, a dust explosion in a metal production factory that killed 146 and injured 114, and an explosion that occurred just three weeks later at a chemical plant in Dongying, 
Shandong province that killed 13 and injured 25. Four years later, another explosion at a chemical plant in Jiangsu province killed 78 and injured 617. Uh, Citizens affected by the explosion had a deadline of September 3rd, 2015 to settle damage claims. That is not much time. In fact, that's like two weeks, basically. Citizens had two options for damage claims. One was to sell their damaged properties to private developers for around 130% of the original purchase price. Basically, you get a little money off. off off of the sale. Uh, And the second option was trusting the local government to fix the properties, as promised. So, rock, meet, hard place. (laughs) Like, what do you do? Citizens who settled claims before the deadline were given, oh, they were incentivized, given an extra 20,000 won, or about $3,100 U.S., It was reported by New York Times journalists that citizens were being pressed to settle. Sure. And that citizens who worked for government businesses were at risk of being fired for not settling. So people were getting blackmailed, basically. Mm -hmm. Families of firefighters who died in the explosion were to receive 2.3 million yuan or 360,669 U.S. dollars. And a monument is supposed to be built on the site of the explosion to honor those killed. Mm. And that, my friends, was the story... Of the Tianjin explosions. Wow. Thank you, James yes. and Hayden. Thank you very much. Well done. We've just had an excellent string of, uh, well. We always do. But... Yeah. That, yeah. None of our listener research is ever bad, but just great story after great story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, is it is it sad that this is like a, this horrible, horrible incident is a palate cleanser based <laughs> compared to last week's last week was rough leanne did such a good job but it was so rough this one's just less graphic (laughs) not that it was um a walk in the park it was horrible and had Mm -hmm. a very high body count that is no good um but of course back to industry and capitalism and isn't it great and the (laughs) communist party of russia which was not involved at all I just happened to say it. it's uh it, it's like the uh the amazing race episode where they're in Vietnam. Oh my god. Vietnam. I Vietnam. feel like have we mentioned that on this? I'm sure we have. Pod? That, Maybe not though cuz we watched that a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. So whatever season of the amazing race had the Canes brothers, Bates and um not Brian Voltaggio. That's no, top chef. Bataglia. Bataglia, Bates and Eric no. Is the other brother? No. No. Bates. Oh, poor, poor other brother, Bataglia. Yeah. Um, Bates and his brother, Bataglia. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that was around 2012, 2011, something like that. I think that. you might be right because he, well, he still lives here. Yeah. And I remember when he was on the show, I went to a game that season and he mm-hmm. was... Playing? No, he was being uh, interviewed oh. like on the Jumbotron because the, mm-hmm. the season was about to come out. Oh, like, okay. A promotion. Like, yeah. Okay. And people gotcha. were like, you know, he still lives here. We mm-hmm. remember when he still played here. Right. Well, know, spoiler so. alert, it's on an old reality show. Mm-hmm. They won. They did win. They were kind of the... They, they won were like good everything. Guys. They, they were won like, like everything. They won pretty handily. It <laughs> they wasn't were, they very suspenseful. They were professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of them being at the top of his sport. Right. And they popped out their teeth a few times. Yes. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yes, they went to Vietnam 
And uh, the show got in a little hot water for two things. (laughs) Just a tad. One was that one of the check-in points was a monument to a downed U.S. plane during the Vietnam War. U.S. helicopter. Or helicopter, okay. So they're like, at this historic location... Teams must check in. Where the Vietnamese come to celebrate the death of Americans. We have a downed U.S. helicopter. And and it's literally like a, it was literally like a monument. Of a downed helicopter, I believe. Yes. So. Like, okay, you might not want to put that on TV. Maybe not. Uh, That's, yeah. And number two, like, you might not want to have that be like a checkpoint. They had to um, issue an apology the following week. Yeah. Like before, like a title card. And then the second thing they did in Vietnam that was questionable was they had them uh, have to do some sort of, like, memory game with uh, Vietnamese, char- like, uh, letters yeah, and characters like and match, like, what came out. There, there were these performers on a stage, and they rolled these, I think they were um, on umbrellas, and then they had to remember what was on the umbrellas without writing it down, run to the lobby and find something that matched it. But... They had to do things. The thing was, the entertainers were singing this song... That they subtitled so that everyone could understand that they were singing, Communism is great, <laughs> yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam, communism <laughs> will crush everybody. Yeah. No, it wasn't that quite that extreme, but it was very it was pro-communism. Close, it was close enough. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Uh, I'm surprised that the downed like, helicopter like, like, got like them in more trouble than that. Con- conservatives' heads like exploded, like in the like in that movie <laughs> Scanners. Like they just like oh, like it was like a short circuit. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Matt Gates talked to his 17 year old uh, girlfriend about it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Should I take that out? <laughs> Nobody knows. listens to yeah. this allegedly. Yeah. And I I doubt any of our listeners are Matt Gates fans. <laughs> I hope not. And if they are, well, then okay. Um, but at any rate, well done, uh, J- James, who's probably saying, "What the fuck? You you call you said I was offensive, and you just said that." <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you, James. Uh, thank you for hanging in <laughs> until yes, we did your scrout. That yeah. was a long time. And thank you, Hayden. I think it worked really well together. Did yes. you see how, mm-hmm. like, basically half 50-50 it was? Yeah. Like, they both had, um, like, do they fit in with each other really well? It's like they both had different pieces to the puzzle. Right, yeah. That was great. And that was our first dual script. Okay. Can you read okay? No, you I, need there's new like contacts. a little, uh, there's just like a little tiny pronunciate, but it. Well, yes, it's, yeah. so it's it. Tianjin. Yeah, I see it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah, practicing. Like, like, like you see, like Mr. Blind person. Well, I'm practicing because of the two of us, you have the worst eyesight. I do. So I might need to assist in future years as we age. Maybe. I just need. I just need a new appointment. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's one of those things that uh, the pandemic really, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people, Halting. really, yeah, screwed over as uh, like, quote. Um, optional services that aren't really because your eyesight's important dental services are important but it, it got a little dicey to go do that but now that you're on your way to Halfway vaccination mm-hmm. yeah um pretty soon yeah yeah so that was the tn gen explosions this has been another episode of all bad things i'm david 
I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.